This is a Radio.com original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNXRadio.com studios in Los Angeles. But I'm Mike Simpson. Vaccine line jumping leading to family feuds. Friendships uh, getting ruined over COVID vaccines. The state of California is about a couple of weeks away from making all adults eligible for the coronavirus vaccine. You're looking for a way to get a shot, though, and you want to go on vacation, head to the beach? Well, how about the Virgin Islands? Because they have both options right there. I'll go to the beach even without the vaccine. <laughs> Just get out of here. <laughs> Some people are mad, I mean really mad, that Krispy Kreme wants to give away free donuts to people who get vaccinated. But can we all just get along and have a donut on the side? And New York making a push to bring Broadway back. But let's begin with a vaccine fight among family and friends. You've probably seen the posts on social media from your loved ones getting their COVID vaccinations or flashing their vaccine cards. And after seeing the Instagram post, you first think, hey, good for them. Then you pause for a second and think, wait a minute, how are they eligible to get vaccinated? And you're pretty sure that person cut the vaccine line. Those who did cut in line have set off some pretty heated debates among their friends, their family. Carmel Shahar, executive director of the Petrie Flom Center for Health Policy, Biotech and Bioethics at Harvard Law. So I guess we start with the premise that every shot going into an arm is a good thing. But after that, things, though, they get tricky. You're right that ultimately the goal is that we want shots in every arm. We want to use up all the shots that we have and we want everybody to get covered. We have prioritization categories for a good reason, but it's also understandable that people are feeling anxious about what if I have to wait another month or two or even three and I get COVID in the meantime, what does it mean for me? You know, I wonder if uh, when people get upset that friends or relatives uh, cut the line one way or or the other, if it's because uh, they just start wondering if they're going to do that for this, what else are they capable of doing? Yeah, you always want to think that your friends and family are really good, ethical people who would hesitate to lie about things. So it can feel really dispiriting to scroll through your Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and see a lot of posts from people who got the vaccine who you're pretty sure aren't 75 or don't have several comorbidities. But I think it's important to remain empathetic and try to understand that a lot of the people who are pushing it feel really anxious about how they can protect themselves and whether the prioritization system is going to work for them. I guess it also comes down to, at least from one perspective, you know, looking at the posts going, okay, why did you post it? If you got it, just be quiet. Like you did this for you for whatever your reasoning is. You don't necessarily have to share it with the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm old school. My students always laugh about it. I think that posting pictures of the really great pasta that you made and ate last (laughs) night is one thing, but (laughs) posting that you managed to skip the line for a vaccine that should be going to medically vulnerable people or essential workers, that to me feels a little, that's a strange post. Without uh, obviously saying uh, whom, uh, do you know people personally who have 
you know, jump the line? And, and if so, what are your thoughts about that person or persons? So I know people who have either jumped the line or they say, okay, I technically fall into this category, but I know this category wasn't designed for me. I think that some of the challenges are that these prioritization categories are really broad, right? Like we can't think of all of the different factors that go into somebody's risk. So if we're just saying, okay, you need two comorbidities to get the vaccine and not one, then we might be overlooking somebody who has really advanced cancer and is in chemotherapy and is really medically fragile and can't risk right, but, but are you, getting COVID are, at all. But, but, uh-huh. for these, but for these people that you know personally has have skipped the line for whatever reason, they thought they were kind of bending uh, the definition of a particular comorbidity or they made something up out of whole cloth. How do you emotionally feel about that? So I think I look at the long term, you know, in two, three years, we're not going to remember who got the vaccine in March versus April versus May. I think what we're going to probably be thinking about more is long-term the people who are refusing to get the vaccine. And what does that mean for finally getting COVID rates as low as possible, preventing the emergence variants and reopening? So yeah, as you scroll through and you see those posts, you can feel really angry and icky and gross, but at the same time thinking, okay, in a couple months, like there will be enough vaccines and enough access for everybody and that ultimately it will work out. Carmel Shahar, Executive Director, the Petrie Flom Center Bioethics over at uh, Harvard Law. It took a while to get there, but after several missteps, some supply and organizational problems and lots of frustrations, California is just about ready to offer up COVID vaccinations to every adult and even people 16 to adulthood who wants one. Catherine Flores-Martin, Executive Director of the California Immunization Coalition. So this is exciting, right? Next week, it's 50 plus, And then a couple weeks after that, 16 plus. Yeah, exactly. It's what we've been waiting for and what we've been talking about since the beginning. You know, we've had a lot of missteps, um, false starts and a lot of delays in supply, but um, vaccine is coming. We've got unprecedented resources and knowledge and availability now. So we think it's coming together and we're going to be able to uh, meet the demand. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how sure are we, meaning you, that <laughs> that when we, when we get to the point of 50 plus and more importantly, 16 plus, uh, which is a wide group of people, that we are going to have enough vaccine so that people don't have to spend you know, most of their uh, adolescence trying to book an appointment? Exactly. Well, I'm excited because it's almost my turn to get vaccinated, too. Um, so for that 50 plus group, that's a large group and that's a large group of people that are really vulnerable. So um, based on projections and supply coming in from the, the government, federal government, California is going to be ready for that. Uh, I think there's still going to be some you know, challenges. Every county runs things a little bit differently. But I think on balance, we are going to have a, a spring full of vaccination availability. We're looking forward to the time when everybody can either make an appointment. Appointments are going to be critical still. It's just you're not going to be able to walk in immediately. But down the road, you will be able to walk in and ask for a vaccination like we do with flu every year. But at first, it'll be appointments. And so um, I'm looking forward to my turn. 
based on how many we're giving, how long would it take, do you think, to get through everybody? A couple months, a few months? Yeah. I am no mathematician, but I have heard that this spring will be a, a big uh, bunch of work for our health professionals to get through these clinics. But I expect around May, June, July, um, we'll be doing very well. You know, uh, you mentioned that different counties, of course, do it differently. And that has been an issue uh, in the past where Los Angeles County has, you know, kind of it fell behind some other counties. There's a point when if you were 65, for example, and over, you would have been able to easily get a vaccine in, say, Orange County. And it wasn't as easy in L.A. County. So let's take just this county, Los Angeles County, the biggest. Uh, How confident are you that we will be okay when the gates open? Yeah, it's been it's been hard to watch and hard to listen to folks that have really struggled to be able to find a vaccination for um, themselves or their loved ones. Um, I know L.A. County and the surrounding health departments have worked really hard to get to the place where they are now. As we as we've talked about previously, there's been a lot of challenges along the way, but the public health departments are really digging in and trying to make sure that there are no roadblocks, no barriers to getting everybody vaccinated, to be able to find vaccine through vaccinefinder.org or myturn.ca.gov. You know, it, it, we need to help our seniors and everyone who isn't tech savvy to be able to get those appointments or call the 1-800 numbers that you can find on myturn.ca.gov to be able to find vaccine. So um, I think we're in a good place. Even when the, the doors are open and, and you know the age groups qualify, um, is it still going to be, at least for a while, based on the prioritization that it's right now where, where they need to go, where they need to go, based on zip code, underserved communities? You know, that that there are a number of groups. So we've got our health departments giving vaccinations. We've got many, many pharmacies um, that are giving vaccinations. And now the health systems, healthcare providers, and even doctor's offices are now able to give vaccines. So I know the health departments are really focused. I know the pharmacies are really focused on making sure that the communities um, at, at highest risk are are making sure that they have information on where to go for the vaccine. So they are targeting certain areas, but we also want to open it up to everybody to make sure that everybody is able to get vaccinated. I think it's, I think it's happening now. And I think we need to make sure um, everybody has the information they need to make an informed decision about getting vaccinated and then to know how it's going to bring us back to our life and our enjoying our families to know how important that is to, to do it. You know, we have a story coming up uh, later about giving donuts to uh, induce people who are reluctant to get the vaccine to get the vaccine. How about California giving a free donut to everybody? I am all for that. Um, I, I prefer <laughs> vegan donuts. Okay. We didn't specify the type. Not, yeah. I would not say no to a Krispy Kreme. Ah, okay, a weakness. We found a weakness. (laughs) Catherine Flores Martin, Executive Director of the California Immunization Coalition. Two things that likely you have been missing over the last few months, vacations and vaccinations. So why not combine your efforts? Head down to the U.S. Virgin Islands, which, because it's an American territory, has been accepting American travelers. And it turns out that they are sitting on a very healthy supply of COVID vaccine doses. Angela East, coordinator and director of the vaccine program at Plesson Healthcare on St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So first off, it's nice there, right? Sunny, beautiful. (laughs) It is absolutely beautiful. It really is. It's 85, sunny, just like it is most days. So how did you find yourself in this position where a lot of tourists are coming to the uh, to St. Croix and the other U.S. Virgin Islands to vacation, but also get a shot of COVID vaccination. 
Well, uh, my, my perspective of this is a little different because since December 16th, when we issued the first vaccine shot to our founder, Dr. Tawaka here on St. Croix, Pleasant has seen a very steady stream of patients wishing to get the vaccine. We're issuing uh, 185 to 230 shots a day. And we've given over 44% of the shots in the U.S. Virgin Island Territory. Now, um, this tourism or interest in coming here has grown a little bit, and we've seen an increase uh, slightly in that regard. Um, however, it, you know, our, our numbers here at Pleasant have just stayed consistent, which is a good thing. And we probably um, have added to this interest that people have now because they're hearing about the fact that we're getting adequate supply and that you can get it very, very easily. If you come to Pleasant, you even get a lollipop after you get your shot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, so what is what is the situation? Is it people who, who live there and they have some hesitancy, so you've got some extra doses? You're saying that you guys are doing fine, but there are doses that are ready to go into arms, and, and not everybody's taking them. Exactly. Yes, yes. I guess there has been a little hesitancy here locally. Uh, I think we're starting to see that change as we infiltrate some of the influencers that go back to their churches and their community organizations and their neighborhoods and they show off the card and they say, I got the shot. Um, the providers that we have at our medical clinic at another location, uh, we see a lot of the elderly population there. And so they're encouraging it. And um, I want to think that that's helped infiltrate some of that hesitancy. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I want to be really clear about this, uh, too, that uh, the vaccines going into the arms of people who might be tourists there are not coming at the expense of a vaccine that could be given to people who live there year round. Right. Absolutely not. Right now, we're fortunate to say that there are enough shots to go around. Um, we have not had any point where we've had to turn people away because shots were not available. Um, We've seen, um, I would say, definitely an increase in some coming over from Puerto Rico. It was funny. Two weeks ago, a um, safari bus pulled up in the front in front of Pleasant with 14 uh, professional people from San Juan, Puerto Rico, and we welcomed them and put the shots in arms. Are, That's the goal. There's are people, no um, border where this is yeah. concerned. Are people surprised yeah. when they do come to vacation because they want like a beach getaway and then they're offered like, hey, do, do you want your COVID vaccine hey, while you're here? It. And it can hurt the economy. You know, we encourage everyone to stay, to be here in 21 days or 28 days. Yeah, I was going to say, so, they have to stay three weeks. Depending on the vaccine. Book a month on the yeah, island. Wow, what a, what, what, a great, what a great scheme that you got going in, in St. Croix. You, you got to stay, folks, for three weeks or a month to get your second shot. <laughs> Kudos terrible, to you. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> I applaud you. Well, listen, and as much snow as they've seen up there in the States, I'm sure that people welcome that opportunity to come down and get their shot, get healthy, and go back vaccinated. All right. Angela East at uh, Pleasant Healthcare. We shall now be doing the show from St. Croix. <laughs> yeah. Fury, outrage, all over free Krispy Kreme donuts. Plus, New York City says... The show will go on again. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Coronavirus Daily on Radio.com. Krispy Kreme offered up what certainly seems like a well-intentioned and well, delicious incentive, bringing proof of receiving a COVID vaccine 
and you'll get a free glazed donut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was an innocent way to overcome vaccine hesitancy. But instead, it set off a sometimes bitter debate among physicians and scientists over using an unhealthy treat to incentivize the healthy act of vaccination. Dr. Ujay Blackstock is emergency medicine physician, founder and CEO of Advancing Health Equality. She's a medical contributor to Yahoo News. Uh, doctor, let me run by you my first reaction to this, uh, and then maybe we'll take it from there. Uh, is it nice to give people something delicious to get the vaccine? Yes. But also, people were talking about this like the donuts were being forced on me. Like I had to eat one every day for a year and Krispy Kreme was going to make me do this, which, no, maybe I'll go once a week and get a free donut. They're not making me eat 300 donuts, right? Right. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I was shocked by the responses of my own colleagues in medicine and public health to this really generous and lovely gesture. I mean, who doesn't want a donut? And who doesn't want every as many people as possible to be vaccinated? Um, so I was really surprised and I had to tweet about it because um, I was also a little bit embarrassed. I mean, it's just a donut. <laughs> well, Verna, I don't I don't know if Krispy Kreme will admit that it's just a donut. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a perfect it's a donut. perfect <laughs> donut. Uh, so. So, yeah. So, you, so your colleagues, some of them anyway, took exception to this, uh, I guess, on public health grounds. But, you know, after the this sort of, uh, <laughs> you know, donut storm uh, erupted. Do people, is it settling down? Do your colleagues, do you get the sense now finally realize that it's kind of silly if, you know, so you eat a donut, big deal? You know, I, I do think the majority think that it was silly, the uproar about it, because, you know, who is going to really go to Krispy Kreme every day to get a free donut? And uh, the my, fact Mike is would. That Mike, you, you would do that, right? You, Mike would okay. go It sounds appealing, day. but I would not. Go, <laughs> so, even I would not go every day. Well, someone posted, apparently, if you were to have a donut every day for a year, you'd gain 15 pounds. And, you know, I don't know how accurate that is. But what I do know is that we would love to get as many people vaccinated as possible. So if a donut is a nice reward for a vaccination, uh, then so be it. And I, I do think that a lot of my colleagues agree with that. And look, we are pro-doctor. We are pro-science. Um, but don't we also get into a situation where we see things like this? And even if you take the 15 pounds, you know, this yeah. is being forced on you, you will gain 15 pounds. This is what people don't like about academic types, that when they right. feel like they're being right. lectured, right? Or like, okay, yes, dad, give it a exactly. rest. Exactly. Well, well, yeah, well, that was what I noticed most about it. It just felt really paternalistic. Like, you know, people can't decide what's best for themselves. And I think we should leave it up to people to decide whether or not they want to eat a donut. I mean, I don't think it's that big an issue, personally. Well, here's a really important medical question for you, doctor. What kind of donut do you like the best? Well, I love glazed donuts. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? If yeah. I had a Krispy Kreme near me, I would take my vaccination card and get that donut. Yeah, why not? I mean, let's go. <laughs> Come on. Um, how do you think we're doing when it comes to to hesitancy and incentives and getting people? We, we have this conversation all the time, and, and it sort of seems to be working its way out a little bit when, you know, it's not when the president gets it or when the vice president gets it. But, okay, all my neighbors on my cul-de-sac, they yeah. have theirs now. So now I'm suddenly like, mm, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I do think that there is a significant proportion of the population, the kind of the wait and see type, that as more of the people around them get the vaccine, the more confident they feel about uh, taking the vaccine. But I do feel like incentives like the Krispy Kreme one are a great idea. 
Um, I mean, if more companies did that, um, maybe not donut companies, um, but if other companies did that, I think that it would probably move a few people to get vaccinated. You know what Krispy Kreme should do? They should they should double down and offer not only a free Krispy Kreme donut with the vaccine, but a gallon size uh, jug of Coke. <laughs> That's unhealthy, Charles. No one should drink a gallon of soda. Go, go all the way. See now. Go all the way. Oh, now, now. Now you start now, to lose people. Now, now, doctor, you're turning on me, aren't you? <laughs> so, so you, know, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can have one good thing so, a day. Yeah, you have a threshold, do you? Okay. <laughs> Please take a walk and exercise a balanced diet. Right, exactly. All right. Dr. Uche Blackstock, emergency medicine physician, founder, CEO of Advancing Health Equality, a medical contributor there to Yahoo News. New York City ready to raise the curtain on Broadway. Mayor Bill de Blasio announcing his new plan to bring back the theater industry. And that starts with giving COVID shots to theater workers. Mayor de Blasio says he hopes the lights in the Great White Way will be open come fall. The city is opening a vaccination site on Broadway and deploying mobile units for off-Broadway employees. The theater business has lost hundreds of millions of dollars, and many nearby restaurants have since closed. The New York City mayor says he is waiting for clear guidelines for the theater industry from the state government. Find us on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And bring us a donut. Thank <laughs> you.